0: Hey there, all you cool cats and kittens. Thank you for tuning into this episode where we're going to focus on quality control at King's Cross Automotive. Uh, I'm your host, Ingrid, with DJ Mossy Moss and the Funky Bunch, sunny Portland, Oregon. Just wanted to go over a few ideas about some of our operations and see if we can bring to light a few things that we might be able to improve on or at least start a conversation about our processes and how we can improve. So, what I wanted to get off uh, started with is the idea that the more we take care of our customers, the more we care and take care of our customers and their cars, the more we are securing our future. So, A lot of this stuff might seem like, I don't know, maybe a waste of time, or maybe we don't want to invest in some of the simple things, but I believe uh, a lot of these things are going to bring value to our clients' experiences and therefore keep them coming back. So help us put food on the table for both ourselves and our little munchkins, right, Moss? So uh, one thing I uh, wanted to start off with is basically getting down how we're running through our vehicles. So once they've been dispatched to us, the the actual role, ABC or one, two, three, how we are operating in the process, which we are operating as far as standardizing that every single time. So we've talked about the order of operations a bit before. Just to reiterate, we're looking at diagnosis First uh primary concerns, you know that's why the guest is coming into our facility mostly. they have an issue, a light, uh, a warning, some type of problem. We want to figure that out and get that in words. We also want to do our safety inspections because the better we are at detailing our inspections, the better success we should have in capturing some of those additional recommendations the better inspections we do, the higher success rate we will have at securing some of those upsells. So I know you guys can agree in that, and maybe you feel like uh, you've done some really great inspections and got some really great results. Of course, uh, maybe you'll do an inspection and the results aren't that great. Maybe they're not great that time, but we've planted the seed and we've done our job educating our customers about the quality uh, of their vehicle at the time we see it. And so maybe it'll be next month that they come back and we can help keep uh, our bays loaded with some of those return recommendations. So one thing also to think about is how we are writing our stories. So we're doing the diagnosis, we're doing the inspections, we're adding pictures and we are providing clear and concise stories. Basically, Hoping to think, uh, hoping to help you guys think of yourselves as authors, right? And the fact that the more you can put down on paper what you have done to justify your steps in diagnosis, the better it is for everyone, the better it is for you, because you can stay in your bays fixing cars, you don't have to be coming up or explaining anything to anyone else. Uh, the better you can justify the trust and strength in the relationship that our clients have, the faith that they have in us super important so we could uh, we could use to to continue trying to up our game as far as the stories are concerned we We want to justify those diagnosis dollars and we want to avoid vague terms like you know, it likely will need or it may need or, you know, next steps or something. If we're putting something on an inspection, say like a coolant leak, for the most part, I know that there are sometimes vehicles that need additional diagnosis to determine the source of a leak. But for the most part, we all can do a pretty good job at kind of uh, educated guessing, at least the general vicinity That's a hard thing too when it comes to putting our name on something and saying, hey, it's leaking from the water pump, it's leaking from the thermostat, especially working on multiple makes and models and years of vehicles. Everything's different, so it's not like we have pattern failures to be able to rely on. But super important if we're going to say the car has a coolant leak, we don't want to spend next steps by saying you know additional diagnosis is necessary we want to give a recommendation right then and there to be able to sell the job basically you want to give me the information to help you so i can sell it all at once we want to make one swift phone call nice and clean and we want to try to avoid some of those repeat things that could have been avoided just to keep our professionalism on the up and up so we're all authors, and we're overstating all of your steps in diagnosis and justifications. We can uh, we can continue to work on that. The next thing I'd like to discuss is fluids and tire pressures. So maybe a, a lot of you, or, or all of you, maybe none of you, have heard about the, uh, the old adage of treating every car like it was your mother's car or your grandmother's car, something like that, right? Like we want those cars to be extremely safe. We want to make sure everything's on the up and up and taken care of. We want to have that pride in our customers' cars just like if they were our own family members' cars. So whenever a car comes into the shop, whether it has a safety inspection or not, we need to be topping up all the fluids that we can, and we need to be checking and topping up all the tire pressures that we can. These are small steps that take little to to no time, and I know time is, is a finite resource, and time definitely does add up, but if we take these steps and help our customers be in a safe and reliable vehicle, no news is good news. We don't want them to leave and have spent three four five seven thousand dollars and have a tire pressure light come on two miles down the road you know it's basically just grief avoidance, so small steps in the beginning can pay off huge dividends in the end, so all fluids, all toppable fluids, you know what I mean not uh transmission fluid obviously that it, that's not what I mean differentials n- nothing like that but uh, fluids coolant oil uh, washer fluid tire pressures um, the next thing i'd 'd like to discuss is on major services um, say it's it's not just an oil service but uh, sixty five thousand mile service ninety five thousand mile service one hundred and thirty thousand mile service whatever kCA we need to be checking and adjusting the spare tire as well there's there's nothing that can uh, hurt our credibility in a customer's mind is thinking that we're doing the best to take care of them. We are their facility. King's Cross has their back and they go on a road trip, get a flat tire, go to go to take the spare out and put it on and it's completely flat. And it's uh, another small step that we can do to help maintain our customers' faith and trust in us and to make sure that they are in a good place whenever they need to be. Cause really uh, us caring is going to help them understand and feel that relationship. And even if they don't have any recollection or recognition as to, gee, I wonder how the spare tire got completely aired up because we all know how that can be a, a, a space that can be neglected. That we just want, again, no news is good news. They go to put the spare on, it's got plenty of air, that's exactly what they expect. They're able to move on with their life and feel confident in our abilities to maintain their vehicles. So um, the next thing is I'd like to discuss if we are adjusting the tire pressures on a vehicle and we are adjusting them more than five PSI from what they are, say a car comes in, the tires are at 30 PSI, The door jam says 35 PSI, which I think everyone probably knows. That's where the specifications for tires should be found. Um, Most every single car that we work on has a sticker on the driver's door B pillar that has the recommended air pressures for both front and rear tires. So we want to adjust the tire pressures to those specifications. If they're wildly off, since every tire monitoring system is a little bit different, we wanna go ahead and initialize the tire pressure system on our test drives. So that is just a, a good place for us to be in again, avoiding those unnecessary comebacks and questioning our capacity for, or, or, or our ability to, to be competent and confident to give those customers those, those feel goods about what we do and how we do it. That's a really simple thing that we can do to help customers maintain the correct tire pressures is just reset the tire pressure monitoring system. And it's relatively simple and most of the vehicles share commonalities, whether it's a button or a screen that we kind of go into, we can all familiarize yourself with how that's done. And you just have to think about it. If a customer is able to readjust their tire pressure monitoring system, then we should be able to also. It's not rocket surgery. So we can go in and spend some time getting used to the vehicle and its systems and how each one is a little bit different. And we'll find there's a lot of commonalities in the vehicles. So I uh, definitely want to encourage you to do that. Uh, That brings me to the next point of test drives. I feel that the only vehicles that we don't need to be test driving are the ones that are plain and simple, just an oil change. That's it, oil change, safety inspection. We're kicking that thing out the door and we're getting the customers down the road. Anything else, a minimum standard test drive should be performed. And that is down the street and hanging a right at the, going north on, on our road out front on reserve, hanging a right at the stop sign, going down to where there's the the bend or or the large hill forgive me i don't i can't think of the the name of the street right there but the one by by fred meyer we're hanging a right at the next stop sign and then we're jumping kind of uh onto the main road hanging another right going in front of fred meyer and then we're jumping onto the freeway making a loop back to the shop every single vehicle that we work on guys should have at a minimum this test drive performed And that's gonna function to do a a couple of different things. One is to make sure that we're checking our work, making sure that what we said we're gonna do, fix their car, we're actually doing. So we're test driving it to make sure our work is good, make sure that we don't have any inadvertent noises or problems with the car because we can always fix it before we ship the car. We haven't risked our credibility if it's not in the hands of the customer just yet and also gives you uh, a, a time to, to be familiar with the car, get familiar with how it drives, how it handles. That's just going, you're just going to be able to bank that experience. It's definitely not a waste of time. And it gives you kind of a, a, a little micro break in between when you're working on the cars. So uh, minimum test drive standards for sure. The next point I'd like to touch on is uh, something that is important if we are looking at the car through the customer's eyes, then anything we touch with greasy hands, or even if we don't think we have greasy hands and we're touching piano black trim, I guarantee we're leaving smudge marks, we're leaving greasy prints. And we need to be wiping that stuff down with window cleaner, leather cleaner. It's all available for us. Mike does a great job of having that stuff on deck for us to be able to use to take care of our customers. If you touch something, you need to to wipe it down. That's just pride in our workmanship and pride in giving the customers a good experience. Something that I looked at also, and uh, you might think think about this for yourselves is if you look around the customer's car, and a lot of cars, let's be real, they can be pretty trashed. So you don't, I'm not asking you to go through and detail cars, that's just ridiculous, but wipe down the gear shift knob, you know, the, the steering wheel, the door panel. If you see some smudge marks or, or you see some, some prints on there that you definitely didn't put there, even though you didn't put them there, it almost doesn't matter because we're going to get blamed for them anyways. The customer doesn't pay attention to the condition of their car. They're kind of like blind to it. But when they're picking their car up, I guarantee you their spidey senses are activated. They're looking at their car with a fine tooth comb like they never have before. And they're going to say, ''Oh, your guy put a smudge mark on my trim or or you know, got, got grease on my, my leather.'' So it takes two seconds, just wipe it up. Again, grief avoidance. It's a huge, uh, a, a huge theme of mine. I, no news is good news, grief avoidance, you'll hear me say that 10,000 times a day almost. So if you just open your eyes, keep your head up, and look at the car through the customer's eyes, you'll be able to see how we impact things in a, in a meaningful way and how we can do our best to avoid any issues. The next thing, whenever we're doing a battery, we need to be setting the time and we need to be setting the date again. It's, it's as simple as the time and date were set when the car came in. So why wouldn't they be set when the car leaves after the customer has spent $500 on a battery? It's the small attention to detail that the customer will never know the difference, but they will know the difference if you didn't set the time and date. And that just makes us, we don't want to give the customer any ammunition or any reason to question our abilities, our integrity, or our competency. So we're looking to set the clock and the date whenever we're doing batteries. Uh, Another thing is when we have uh, working on a car, um, being curious about the car, how it works, and and uh, what the customer is experiencing. A lot of these cars have check systems that give us messages. And if we aren't including uh, a recommendation in our safety inspection about those warning lights that are coming on in the car, then basically we are setting ourselves up for, well, my car didn't have those lights on when I came in. We document it to the best of our ability on the walk around whenever the car is dropped off. If the customer doesn't bring it up and there's warning lights on in the dash, say for a brake light or for some additional services, we're basically leaving money on the table. It's low-hanging fruit, and at the minimum, we wanna give the customer the opportunity to decline the service, which is on them. We don't have to play defense when they say, these warning lights weren't coming up. If we notice it, it should be on the safety inspection and there should be a recommendation accordingly. So, um, really, aside from that, um, making sure that we're fixing the problem that the car came in for making sure that we're testing our work and maintaining the highest levels of quality and being proud of what we do and bring being proud of the job that we are turning over to the customer it takes us all it takes a team and we're all here to help each other and help each other be successful so helping you to stay in your bay and flag as many hours as you possibly can that's going to be served by good, complete stories, good, complete pictures that don't require additional clarification. If I have to come to you and ask clarifying questions about some of your recommendations, it's it's just a good time to think, could this have been more clear? Could we have communicated in a written format to be able to avoid additional time spent looking to go find someone having to talk to someone uh each of us are are busy throughout the day and we can definitely help each other be as efficient as possible by maintaining our steps as far as what we're each responsible for i appreciate being able to be there for you guys and hopefully it's clear that i take i take it seriously trying to do the best to, of my the best of my abilities to help you be successful. So I think if we all have that feeling, we can definitely continue to up our game. And we're all doing a really great job. It, it's hard working on these cars. They're, they're older, they're high mileage. I know, I know things go wrong. I know we can have some complex uh, diagnosis that are definitely tricky. But if we have standards and we have accountability for both ourselves and each other, then we're going to be successful. We're going to put one foot in front of the other, and we're going to have a strategy, and we're going to implement that, and then we're going to rinse and repeat over and over every single time. This is what we do. This is how we do it, and we are going to know uh, put put some things on autopilot that are going to be helpful for ourselves and for others. So. Uh, thank you all so much for your time. And thank you all so much for everything you do every single day. You guys are friggin' badasses. And what you do every single day is truly amazing. I'm very humbled and honored to be able to work alongside you. And I hope that we can continue doing what we do, kicking butt, taking names, getting better. And uh, until next time, thanks so much. See ya. Ma says, woof woof.